Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, going the jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the hole of fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Man, what more y'all want me to prove, man? Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. We'll get into the close loss last night, and uh, Matt, I want to get your takes on it. Uh, another really, really close game for the Bulls that they couldn't pull one out. But just as we were hopping on the podcast, man, we had some breaking news across the NBA that uh, they're doing a doing away with the 50-game limit for the two-way contract. So we could talk a little bit about how this affects the Bulls. But I know last night on Bulls Twitter, people were asking, hey, is, uh, why is Devin Dotson getting called up? Is something going on here that we don't know? And sure enough, we found out. But before we get into all that, man, how are you? What up, Jordan? What up, Bulls Nation? Uh, doing well. Had a fun time earlier today chatting with uh, Lawrence Holmes over at your radio station, 670 The Score. Dude, it was, I got to say, it was pretty cool to be listening to, you know, uh, Bernstein and, and Rahimi um, leading up to Holmes and hearing you chiming in from the producer's booth. And then I'm doing, you know, uh, a spot with with Lawrence in their next uh, time block. It's just like, it's crazy, man. Locked up Bulls getting all kinds of love over at 670 these days. It really is. right, Dude, I remember like back... Maybe two years ago, if you if people have been listening that long, you know, we've been doing this podcast over three years. It had to be about two years ago when I sent you that video, like back in January, I was like, holy shit, this is the first time we had ever been mentioned on big radio or TV or anything like that uh, from Spiegel and Parkins. And they had mentioned, uh, I don't even know what we were talking about at the time, but I was so stunned listening to it on the I radio. Think it was like we had Parkins on and we were talking about a Nico Miritich trade oh, and like yes. what uh, a first round pick from a Nico trade would yield. Yes, yes, yes. So I know, man, we've come a long way and uh, our friends over there too, Locked On Socks, Chris Stanhill and Herb Lawrence do an awesome job. They've got a sick setup for digital too. So if you want to watch them as they're doing their podcast, it's it's awesome. So yeah, man, we've got we've got a a long way in two years, and the podcast only continues to get better. Uh, do, do you want to start with with the two way players? Do you want to start with Denver? I mean, let's just talk quickly about like what the the two way contract thing means. At least for us, man, we know that Adam Makoka can at least play somewhat a decent minutes on the defense, so that might help with Hutchison out and no Otto Porter Jr. At least if you need somebody, you need a body, you have him there. And uh, for Devin Dotson, man, this gives him an opportunity. Maybe. He can 
can crack something in the lineup, but at least just have experience here. But I think this is good overall. Like, why have a 50-game limit when you already have COVID still going on right now and a rampant amount of guys having to sit out, games still having to be canceled? This just makes a whole ton of sense. It does. Um, I, I was kind of, uh, for a second, uh, just cynically thinking, oh, man, if they were calling Dotson, like, are we about to wave Denzel? I got my hopes up for like half a second. <laughs> but, um, I mean, clearly we've seen the Bulls be hit by it. So many teams in the league have been hit by it. I, I think as of uh, the most recent postponement, the Lakers and the Clippers are the only two teams or they, there might be a third that haven't had a postponement due to COVID uh, health and safety protocols so far this season. Um, some teams have been hit by it worse than others, but in a weird season like this and knowing that we weren't realistically going to be able to do, you know, the bubble 2.0, it makes sense to give each team a little bit extra leeway when it comes to the number of people on the roster and how frequently they're allowed to use their two-way players. Because even at the onset of the season, they expanded um, and changed the language of those rules. So it wasn't about the number of days the two-way contract players could spend with the team, but the number of games. So that increased it um, right there. And they pumped up the number from back when the number was about days to when the number was about games. And now, at this point, as we've reached the halfway mark of the season and we have tons of postponed games to make up in the second half of the season, it makes sense that in order to do that and assuming that we will still have players that have to quarantine for health and safety protocols, just let these teams have expanded rosters. It makes the most sense. I mean, just looking at the Eastern Conference, too, if you're talking about playoff picture... I mean, every team is basically still in it in the East outside of Detroit. And Detroit's like, uh, they're not in the building, but they're in the parking lot of the building. And in the West, it's a little bit better because it's a little bit more broken down. But I can see why they would do that because teams need to kind of start making these decisions and whether or not you're adding somebody to your roster, if you have to cut somebody in order to do that, who you want to try out if you need help, all of those things. I think it just benefits the overall quality of play too. So I'm happy with it, even though I don't think it affects the Bulls all that much, man. No, I, I don't think it will have a huge impact on, you know, say Billy Donovan's rotation um, in, in the coming weeks uh, when we start the, the second leg of the season. Um, you know, hopefully at some point in the second half of this season, we will have a healthy Lowry Markkinen and a healthy Otto Porter Jr. And maybe one of those is more likely than the other at this point. Otto, Otto oh my God, he may never play again. But, you know, Hopefully the Bulls have an, uh, a, a situation where they're getting guys back and are less desperate as far as, okay, how far down this, the, the scraps of this rotation does Donovan need to go? Um, but even still, it's nice to have that safety cushion. All right, Jordan, before we get to this heartbreaker Bulls-Nuggets game from Monday night, wanted to tell our listeners about Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, who is not an elite athlete, <laughs> just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. 
the OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Jordan, one of my roommates actually bought a Theragun months ago before they were even a sponsor on the podcast. And as I started working out about a month ago, my muscles were screaming in agony from months and months of doing nothing. The Theragun has been an absolute gift to have around the house after my workouts. Theragun's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Right now, our Locked On Bulls listeners can try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on. This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specific and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, so yeah, Matt. Uh, the Nuggets, uh, the Bulls gave their great uh, a great effort. Uh, Jokic and Murray just did their things last night, man, and that's that's what it came down to. But it's frustrating because we've talked about this theme with this team all year long. It's like they've been in games and and they're just they're giving away games. They're giving away games with meaningless turnovers, bad decision making in the second half. And I get it's a young team still, man. I I totally get that. And I think they progressed from where they were in the first week. But this was another kind of tough loss to bear, just given the fact that you were right there in it. Yeah, it wasn't as bad of a fourth quarter as the Suns loss where the Bulls, you know, had every opportunity to win that game the wheels fell off of their offense uh, and, you know, they get doubled up 32 to 16 in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter against Denver was better and it wasn't that uh, big of a a gaps as far as the fourth quarter score, but in the final minutes when it really counts and Kobe White said after the game, he might be young, but he is smart. He said, we didn't get stops because the Bulls had some big buckets uh, to keep their hopes alive. Kobe hit a big three to put the Bulls up, I believe, 104-101 with four minutes left. But from that point on, you had a, a Zach Levine driving layup, a couple of Zach Levine free throws, but that was it. The Bulls' other possessions sputtered. Zach missed you know, a step-back three that he would usually you, you would expect him to make, and the Bulls got no stops. So from their 104-101 lead with four minutes left to the end of the game, they got outscored 17-8. to And it was just... Jokic on replay. Honestly, watching the fourth quarter in its entirety felt like they were just rewinding the same possession and showing a replay of the Nuggets possession where, hey, throw the ball to Jokic. Jokic drives. Jokic lays it in. Bulls can't stop him. Murray had a couple of big buckets spliced in between there, but it was the Jokic show in the fourth quarter, and the Bulls could not stop it. 
dude, this is what like this is what Carter's supposed to be, right? Maybe in five years at his peak, if he get reaches his ceiling, he's a big that can pass, facilitate your offense. This is what he should thrive at, and that's something that we we need him to do as an undersized big. I'm willing to wait and be a little bit more patient. I get it. Like people are aggravated and like, why the hell wasn't even closing games? And if he's supposed to be a defensive stopper, I understand that, but that's gonna take time, man. You know, and, and so like the same patience I'm willing to have with Lowry Markinen as he continues to try to progress, even if he doesn't stay here to the end of the season, man. I, I'm willing to have a little bit more patience with Carter. It's just kind of disappointing though to not see him out there in that game. But it's the same thing we just talked about 24 hours ago. They don't have a big like a big body to go in there and just bruise up Jokic for five or seven minutes a night. Yeah. You know, hack five times, do something to interrupt what Jokic was doing in that fourth quarter, man. And we just don't have that guy right now. And I can't blame Carter. Uh, he's just, he's not that guy right now. He, it's not mean he can't be, he's just not that guy. I, I mean, I, I, I would agree with you in that maybe the, the Wendell hate and panic from the fan base has gotten, a bit out of control recently with some of these performances. The Bulls aren't going to go up against MVP candidate centers like Embiid and Jokic every night. We've just seen the two of them, uh, you know, fairly close together. But there is the other side of that, you know, um, coin that it's not just the MVP candidate centers. Wendell's been getting worked by Bagley, Aiton. You know, even just like no name bigs, no offense, but you know, and obviously Christian Woods having a a monster year that maybe people didn't expect, but Christian Wood gave him the business. Uh, Rashawn Holmes gave him the business. Like it's it's more than just an MVP candidate center problem with Wendell. He's undersized. There's no two ways around that. To me, yes, he's still young, and there is room to grow, but it is a I think a if you zoom out a wider problem for the future when you talk about can he be this team's starting center every night at six foot nine, uh, regardless of how gifted and how intelligent he is on the defensive end, and can he actually play the four? Because maybe he feels more natural there. Although he today when he was talking with the media, he said flat out, "I am a center," but we know that he said uh, contrary to that. As, as recently as last season. Right. But he hasn't been able to show his ability to space the floor. So, you know, what do you do with this guy? You bring up a good point, man, uh, about like his performances against other bigs that are like maybe the same age or just the same, uh, the same performance level Wendell's at. It's not MVP candidate, but it's masked a lot of times because Wendell ends up having a, a good offensive night, right? Or somebody else goes off and we don't But how really... often does Wendell really have a good offensive night? No, that that's a good point too. It's like mostly we rely him on his defense, but when he's getting worked by MVP candidate Bigs and nights where he still is like allowing Bagley, what did Bagley have? Like twenty eight points. I think Carter in that game had over twenty two. So like that's my point. Your point is spot on. That some of that is being masked even when he's playing against bad Bigs, and I don't know if that's just like something he needs to grow into. Is we we just need to be patient, more patient as he continues to develop. But again, you're right. Like zoom out this is where I'm glad I'm not making the decisions man because you do you have a choice between two bigs that you got to make a you got to make a decision on whether Carter or Markinen and you got to make it relatively soon with at least one of them so I'm just glad I'm not making the decisions but they need the bit yeah. they need like the Robin Lopez dude out there man it just it comes down to to me a fairly simple question of 
how much more can Wendell grow on the offensive end? And can that contribution level counteract the Knights when, as a 6'9 center, he's getting worked by a legitimate center? Because right now, the offense isn't there. You know, like, against the Houston Rockets, you know, whatever that was a week ago, we saw Wendell have one of his best games of the season because that team doesn't have anybody over six feet tall. And even still, a like, a great monster Wendell game was 18 and 13. 18 and 13! Your starting center should be giving you that almost on a nightly basis, depending on you know how you how your starting five is is you know orchestrated. I'm sorry, but if if he's getting worked in you know in the interior because of his lack of height and size, and he's giving you eight points like he did last night, what what about that gives you confidence for this dude long term? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard right now, man. And it's he had three rebounds last night. Yeah, Zach that's and not Kobe good. combined for nineteen. Our starting center had three. Yeah, well, our starting backcourt also combined three of fifteen from three, which we need to talk about at some point because that's not good, man. Well, I brought yeah, that didn't help, but I, I mean, get it. I know Kobe's I get, been off and on. Zach shooting fifty forty. Like you're not going to have that many nights where Zach goes one of eight from downtown. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. I, I just think with Carter, he needs to go to... I don't know what the, the, the... We're asking all these questions because we don't really know where the Bulls sit, right? Like, what, what is this? Is this... Are we pushing towards the playoffs? And is that the trajectory we're going on? Or are we still trying to kind of figure what this out? This is out and see if we can develop what we have here. We don't have a clear answer to that. I don't think AK gave us a clear answer on that yesterday. So we still kind of hang in the balance of like... What are we doing here, and and how do we fix this? Because I think Carter, you go put him in a different system where he doesn't have as much pressure on him, and he shines, man. I just think there's a lot of pressure on him right now, and it's it's valid. It's valid because we need a center. We need a dude to be that guy, what we drafted him for, and it's year three, man. So I, I believe me, I understand that. Yeah, and all of the injuries, I'm sure, haven't helped. Uh, you know, he's he's missed significant time in all three of his first NBA seasons, and it's hard to get any kind of rhythm and and you know, increasing levels of confidence with your play if you have to sit out for a month every season so there is that aspect of it too but like you said I'm I'm just glad I'm not the one making the decisions because AK was expectedly coy uh, when asked about some you know potential big picture plans and the upcoming trade deadline he did make it sound like they are focused on getting these current players on their roster, especially the young guys, getting them better and, you know, reaching for a playoff spot. He talked about how, you know, a lot of teams in the East are in it right now, but they are one of them. And so, you know, maybe that is to throw people off the, off the scent. Maybe it was honest and they don't plan on making any big changes before this trade deadline. And they will, you know, use this upcoming off season to evaluate and then make some big swings and some big moves. But, you know, I, other than them pretty uh, concretely doubling down, and, and I mean, by them, I mean AK, on the praise of Zach Levine and specifically talking about Zach Levine affecting winning, there no other answers, you know, came. I, you know, I don't know what, what the future for Wendell and Lowry hold, but uh, the thing that I feel most confidently in now, if I had to guess, is that at least one, if not both of those guys, will not be here long term. Hmm. 
this I feel the same way and I came out of it more questions like more questions than I did like hey that's an answer and that's something that we can kind of contextualize and and maybe figure out what the path is I'm still pretty confused man and I don't think that they know yet either I don't think that they know what the market's going to be two weeks from now and you know we so we, we talked a little bit at the end of the episode about Thad's Instagram post man and the more I thought about that yesterday I'm like man like that's that's high praise like that's high praise across the league so like if the Brooklyn Nets are knocking at the door and they get an offer from the Bulls that they can't refuse like I don't see how things would end badly here even though Thad has said that he wants to continue working hard figuring out how to get this team to the playoffs like I think that part of it factors in too but it sounded like that to me they need to be blown away by an idea of a trade for to trade Thaddeus away from this team right now. He's just too important. Even though some people will laugh at that, I just think he's too important to maybe what the next two or three years will be, man. I mean, you can laugh at it if you want to, but you can't deny that it's true. Right, right, right. Thad Young is the best teammate that Zach Levine has ever had. Seriously. I mean, people need to put that in perspective, too. This is the best teammate he's had. And also, too, like, not to sound like it's like... like crapping on Carter the whole entire time because he wasn't the only problem last night. It just was a little concerning not to see him in closing stretches and that's supposed to be your defender. But like, again, get the same way we need to get Zach, somebody else who can close games on the offensive end, get somebody who can help, uh, who can help Wendell on the defensive side. Patrick Williams is going to be that guy, but maybe not consistently till two or three years from now. So like we need somebody who can help Wendell right now, like consistently. And we just don't have that. And the problem for the Bulls is that they just don't have any better options. Right. Thad is 6'8". Wendell is 6'9", maybe. I think Wendell's closer to 6'8 than 6'9". But your other options, you know, we saw Cornette out there for 11 minutes last night. You know, obviously a DNP for Felicio. Gafford is a name that some Bulls fans have been wondering about recently when the Bulls have been getting bodied, when Wendell and or Thad have been getting bodied. Well, it's like, hey, at least Gafford's bigger. At least Gafford blocks some shots occasionally. Yeah, but that's pretty much it. And if you pay close attention to the mechanics and, you know, the knowing where to be when kind of stuff, as far as Gafford and his defense, he is still very rough around the edges. And I think Donovan recognized that pretty quickly. It's a good point, man. Uh, like This is a discussion that's going to continue to be ongoing. You're probably going to be having having this discussion the rest of the year, like uh, continuously, and it'll sound a little bit like this when Wendell underperforms, and it'll sound like a few weeks ago when he went off, and he had 18 and 13, and he actually had a pretty decent shooting uh, February, so that's a little bit encouraging, but yeah, it, it's going to be both sides of these this, and this is one argument I think it's going to split Bulls fans down the middle. We already know how... Uh, polarizing topics can be in Bulls Twitter and just in the Bulls fandom. Uh, this one's going to be another one of those hot button issues, especially if we go into the summer and still have no any no answers. I mean, uh, imagine that no games and we're just going to have twenty four seven of is Carter our center of the future is Markin in our center of the future. Um, I want to get to some of the 
I want to get to the last game of the season, Matt, and then maybe we can do like a little bit of a overall first half after that at late sometime this this week. Just kind of reflect on the first half, what the Bulls have done, the progress that they've made, because I think there's a lot of positives to talk about. But we still have a game against the Pelicans on the road to wrap that up before All-Star Weekend. Before we talk a little bit about that, I want to tell our listeners about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online is you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts make sure to use the promo code locked on when you sign up for an account for that 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit uh, so Matt, any any expectations for the Pelicans game is this last game of the first quote unquote first half. I mean, I'm kind of pumped. Even if the Lonzo rumors still swirl for the next couple of weeks, I'm kind of pumped to for at least the Bulls to get an idea and in a sense to playing against them again, sort of like a tryout. So I'm excited to see him. And this is a 100% a winnable game. It'd be nice to go into a long break with a W. Yeah, I mean. Well, first and foremost, the news that just came across my Twitter feed as we're recording here Uh-oh, don't Tuesday do this. afternoon. Is it negative? Zion is officially not doing the dunk contest. So oh, okay. what, what, what are we even doing here? Why have the dunk contest if Zion's not going to do it? That is heartbreaking. Um, but Zion, speaking of him, dominated the Bulls in their first matchup. Speaking of bigs who are scoring uh, in the, you know, in the interior at will against the Bulls, he had, I believe, 29 on 12 of 18 in the Bulls Pelicans game uh, last month. So that's probably going to happen again. And the only reason the Bulls came out on top of that game is that Kobe and Zach both went nuts. If you recall, that was the game where Zach made nine threes, Kobe made eight, and the Bulls set a franchise record. They set an NBA history record for teammates to make eight or more threes in the same game, something the Splash Brothers somehow had never done. And the Bulls, as a team, shot 50% from downtown. Franchise record 25 made threes in total. That's how they beat the Pelicans last time. Can they do that again, or will they have a tougher time this time around? I'm guessing it won't be that easy, assuming they're not going to be shooting the freaking lights out. Yeah, that's going to be a problem to stop Zion again, because like even 12 for 18 is not a great night for him. I would imagine that, yeah, they're probably their game plan is probably, yeah, the Bulls aren't going to hit a franchise record of threes again in this game. So let's focus on maybe putting the attention on Zion and see if we can and create a big game offense. for Zion last night. He had 26, 10 and five and the Pels beat the league leading Utah Jazz. Hmm. Interesting. I'm looking to see where the Pelicans are over the last five games. As far as like the how many three point pointers are they giving up? How are teams shooting? Because the last time the Bulls saw them, we said they were one of the worst teams in the NBA against opponents three point percentage. They were giving up something like 45 threes a game. It was ridiculous. And no wonder Kobe and Zach had a remarkable night. Over the last five games, though, Matt, the Pelicans are giving up the seventh least amount of threes per game, and they're only letting opponents shoot 36.5%. So they've they've brought it back to reality now. The question is, is where are you going to get your offense? Because most 
nights the Bulls win, they shoot extraordinary from three. And hopefully this is a get right game for him, man, because I think the three point problem is being masked a little bit by guys like Cornette knocking down three in a night. Denzel last night knocking down three off the bench. Take some of those main ones away. And the Bulls have been really bad for three over the last couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that's a, it's and a get it, right. And game. it was a calling card of their significantly improved offense out of the gate this season. They were playing fast and they were knocking down a whole lot of threes. The defense from the Bulls, too, at the three-point line has been extraordinary this year. Over the last five games, they've only allowed opponents to shoot 34.5 threes, and that's at 37.5%, where I think a lot of teams have shot pretty decently against the Bulls in February, but they've done a great job of avoiding having collapses where teams are just dropping 50 on you from three. Like I can get Embiid doing that, but don't recreate what Klay Thompson did to us a couple of years ago. I just can't take that anymore. So they've done a great job around the perimeter overall um because you brought him up real quick i'm sorry i have to um i'm i'm uh, implementing a new rule for for billy donovan that i would like him to put into place if ever again denzel valentine chucks up more shots off the bench <laughs> than we get our rookie patrick williams denzel six, sits the next game you you mentioned yeah denzel he hit three threes uh, on monday night um uh, three of eight from downtown. He finished with 13 points. He was five of 15 overall. That is atrociously inefficient shooting. And when you do the math there, you realize that he was just two of seven from inside the three-point line. Hey, Denzel, know your role. The next time you hoist seven shots, whether they're your weird floaty things or he was breaking layups last night, looking like an embarrassment, stop. Denzel, stop. If you can knock down your threes, great. If you can make some of your nifty Denzel passes, great. The next time I see him with more shots than Patrick Williams, the next time I see that he is two of seven inside the three-point line, grab some bench, Denzel. He's only shooting 34.5% from three this year on almost five attempts. Yeah. <laughs> Renash. That's my buddy Big Dave would say. Renash. It's bad, man. Like, and from two, he's only shooting forty percent from two. So uh, his attempts have been up recently. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, just don't don't do anything extra to Patrick Williams. He's doing fine this year. Don't put any extra pressure on him. Let him do his thing this year, man. He has been. I just let him do his thing. I know, but he's my he's my new favorite toy, and I want to play with him more. The last thing we need is for his confidence to get lowered because he goes out there and has three or four game stretch where he shoots like one for twelve from three, or he's already had that this year and he's bounced back from it. So honestly, I don't know. Maybe maybe you do throw the expectations at him. Maybe he's fearless. So uh, he's been like awesome. It's just been, usually we focus our conversations a lot around the rookie, and this year it's just like yep. Yeah, Patrick Williams is a staple like we don't need to worry about P. Will and it's been nice yeah. it's finally been nice to have that guy he is a stud in the making and you see these glimpses from him already uh, whether it's you know where he finishes thunderous above the rim or he's scrapping for for offensive boards you know amongst the trees or he makes a great heads up defensive play he recovers in transition defense or he makes a great help read on defensive end or, you know, his catch and shoot threes from the corners. There are just so many delicious morsels of this seed that we have planted that we are going to harvest for years to come, which is why 
I just give me all of all green lights on P-Dub in the second half of the season. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I think that's going to about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Tomorrow, we will either dive into mailbag or we'll get into kind of what Arturis had to say to the media yesterday, which um, play back some of it, too, because I think there's interesting conversations. Like we were talking about earlier, Matt, I just think I have more questions than I have answers about where the Bulls are going, at least this season alone. So like we've said all along, though, like they may not be talking about big trades and that not likely to happen, but everything that they've done and executed has been very close to the chest. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm preparing myself for anything to happen. So um, that we'll get into, plus your mailbag questions at 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, you can hit us up whenever you're listening to the show. Phone line is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you want to, uh, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, give us a five-star review. If you like what Matt and I have been doing here for the last couple of years, maybe you jumped on board the last couple of weeks, go give us a five-star review. That would help us out a ton. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.